Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty Spotlight Interviews. I am Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. Each week, these interviews provide you with the insights from a different perspective of Business Fight Poverty Network, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are working on some of the world's biggest social challenges. Can travel and tourism actually be part of a sustainable future? Today, I am joined by the founder of Travel Matters and the Make Travel Matter campaign, Karen Simmons. During our conversation, Karen is going to share her insights into why the travel industry provides important socio-economic development opportunities for communities around the world, and how we all need to do our bit to ensure that the knock-on environmental and social impacts of our travel don't really get out of hand. Through the campaign Make Travel Matter, which Karen has set up, she is going to share really practical and useful ways we can take action to reduce our travel impacts. Whether your travel as an individual, whether your travel through your organisation, or if you are part of the travel industry, Karen has something for you. So without further ado, Karen, welcome. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity, Katie. Ah, it's fab. And Karen, I wanted to start our conversation today a bit about the journey that you've been on. What inspired you to set up Travel Matters? Well, I've always really loved traveling and going off on adventures. Straight after school, I didn't actually go to uh, university. I went to go and live in Germany and find some employment there. I love languages. And through my love of languages, I found myself uh, doing quite a lot of seasonal work in France, Germany, Switzerland, and then taking on some sort of contract work, repping, guiding. And I just loved meeting people and you know learning. So when I came back from doing lots of different seasonal work and needed a bit of a structure to, to find somewhere you know stable to live, I decided to set up my own business. And that's when Travel Matters pretty much started, which is like 23 years ago. Just before I set up Travel Matters, I'd also set up a small tour operation, which was in the Western Algarve in Portugal, organizing like nature-based holidays. But again, that was all too, I, I was just, just coming backwards and forwards because I was taking different customers over like six times a year. And I needed something with a bit more stability because I found a partner and got married. So to have the stability, I, I set up Travel Matters, which is based in Southwest London. And um, I've had the business for the last 23 years. But yeah, so I guess you could say it was actually my first baby before I had children. That's amazing. But you're obviously that sort of entrepreneur right from the get-go. I mean, clearly everything is sort of setting new stuff up, which for me is like super scary. I wondered whether, Karen, I mean, for many people, for me, my only real experience of countries is, and, and their cultures perhaps, are kind of holidays and being a tourist. As somebody who's really gone into a country and lived there, worked there, experienced lots of different cultures, what have you learned working in so many different places? Well, I've learned that people and the planet are just so beautiful and so inspiring. And when I was celebrating 10 years of having had the business, I had the opportunity to go on a trip. I was actually in India. And I don't know if there's many listeners that are uh, familiar with India or the particular place that I went to, a place called Varanasi, which is a 
highly spiritual place uh, on the River Ganges. And I had a bit of an epiphany moment as I was celebrating the 10 years of business. I'm on the River Ganges and I just wanted to show gratitude and really think, how can I give back to the tourist industry, the travel industry that served me so well over the last 10 years? And uh, this epiphany moment basically made me think of you can make travel matter. So basically, I set up this campaign called Make Travel Matter, which is basically an awareness campaign to, to educate travelers, tourists, as to how they can be more responsible and travel more sustainably as they you know, go around the world. Because mostly a lot of people that are traveling, it's for holidays. Obviously, there's business travel, but I've never been in the business of organizing business travel. I'm very much in the leisure market, but um, it's all very well and good going off on holidays. But I really want to make sure people understand that they have you know, responsibility and uh, have meaningful experiences when, when they visit the people and the communities that they're traveling to. And you touched on there around the kind of why Make Travel Matters is so important. But I was wondering whether you could unpack that a little bit. And in your experience, what are the things that the travel industry or indeed individual tourists need to be changing in order to make that activity more sustainable? Well, we all have a responsibility to make a positive difference when we're visiting those countries. I want people to realize that tourism can be a force for good and that people and places, you know, we, we can coexist and, and flourish. We set up this campaign, Make Travel Matter, which is basically giving tips and nudges as to how travelers can travel more responsibly and sustainably. So that's allowing the, the traveler to understand how their impact can be a positive contribution to the uh, countries that they're visiting. They can uh, learn to, how to embrace diversity and, uh, you know, the whole reason you're, you're going to travel, it's not that you want to experience the same as your culture. You, you're exploring these places to meet different people and hear new perspectives and experience unique cultures. So as a traveler, you, you can, um, embrace and empower the diversity and equity and inclusion of, of the people that you're going to visit. And, you know, the traveler should make these conscious decisions when they are visiting. For the industry, I think it's really important. And I found myself these last 20 months, because obviously international travel during the pandemic has been massively impacted in a negative way. We found that what we could do is really sort of dig deep and see how we could collaborate within the travel industry and help travel businesses understand their impact too, understand the supply chain, how they could um, work in a more sustainable way, looking at their accommodation providers for tour operators and online travel agencies, learn how to, to cooperate together and um, learn how to market responsibly and respect the resources that we're actually, you know, sending people to as they go on their holidays. We've tried to uh, learn for ourselves how much we can understand climate change issues and greenhouse gases that uh, obviously are coming from uh, human activity when we are traveling. But, um, you know, that, that, that's a big, big topic, isn't it? It's not just uh, transportation, it's, it's the food that is used in the places that that uh, people are visiting, their water usage, energy usage, 
the waste management, because it's everyone's collective responsibility to be looking at sustainable travel and uh, how we can reduce our emissions. And we wanted to be part of, of that sort of transition within the industry. We've collaborated, and I think that's the, the best thing to do because, you know, we don't have all the answers, but um, it's been a, a major learning curve. And there's certainly a few organizations, NGOs, and governments like WTTC, that not, they're not a government, of course, but the WTTC, the World Travel and Tourism Council, have, you know, put in some really useful like roadmaps going, going ahead. And um, UNWTO, the World Tourism Organization, they too have um, set, you know, a framework around the sustainable development goals. So there's quite a lot of information out there and collaboration within in the industry now. So we've, we very much have wanted to be part of that group and are learning all the time. Has that answered that question? Oh, I think so extensively. And for anybody listening, I'll make sure I put some of those links to the organisations that Karen mentions and, of course, Travel Matters into the words that sit alongside this podcast. Karen, just to expand and elaborate a little bit, I mean, you talk about quite a lot of the what we need to do, which makes lots of sense, but I was just wondering around how how we can go about that. I mean, how do you, whether as an individual traveller or as an organisation who's clearly about sort of arm's length away often from the destinations with which they're working with, how do, how do you go about creating those sort of sustainable processes and actions? Well, as an organisation, as, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we really have had to, to understand supply chains and work and cooperate with, with other companies that share the same values and ethos as, as Travel Matters does. And again, for the individual, I would say to perhaps have a look on our website to, to get some ideas and tips around how you can uh, make a difference and travel more consciously. I suppose, you know, we, we do have a downloadable uh, guide to responsible travel uh, on our website that people can download. And also we have a vision statement, which, it, which you can download as well. But that will certainly give the traveller, as well as anyone in the, the um, travel industry, some useful starting points. Yeah, as I said, um, our vision to take us through to 2030, because I think that seemed to be the, the goal that, you know, COP26 and, and quite a few organisations have been working towards, you know, to try and make sure we keep within the 1.5 degrees of um, climate heating. In order to try and achieve that, we've set out some goals around the sustainable development goals. We've, we've picked out 12 that we think we can, we can certainly make a difference on. And I think it's uh, crucial that people are taught or, or educate themselves about what the, those goals are and try and understand a bit more that they're a global citizen. We're all stewards of the planet. And um, if you're going to travel, remember you're a guest going to the countries and the communities. So I think if you're equipped with that sort of knowledge, then, then you're going to travel with a different mindset. Karen, now I'm going to ask a difficult question, the kind of, I guess, the elephant in the room a bit, which is, is international travel ever sustainable? I mean, do you think there is a role for international travel going forward, particularly as we're going to have to kind of radically rethink carbon emissions, uh, climate, et cetera? What does this look like in the future and, and how do we get there? It's, it is a tough question. It really is. But back in January 
2020. It's, it's quite hard to remember timeframes at the moment, isn't it? Feels like we've all been um, in a bit of a, a time warp. But in January 2020, we signed a declaration. It's, it's a coalition called Tourism Declares a Climate Emergency. And this is even before, you know, the big C word, COVID, <laughs> had even come about, really. But I knew that we couldn't maintain the sort of trajectory but the you know the growth of international travel didn't look particularly sustainable to me but i also felt that we had to be quite radical and authentic in our choices of of you know how we're trying to propose quality travel as opposed to you know the quantity and the the numbers of people traveling we we had already seen that there there was quite a few destinations around the world that were getting extremely uptight and defensive with having so many visitors you know the actual experience for the people that live there the local stakeholders indigenous you know people couldn't actually cope with uh, so many visitors so you know that trajectory wasn't sustainable now international travel i realized that that obviously jumping on an airplane for short uh, trips also I don't think is particularly sustainable and, and we've seen how obviously everybody's switched over to using the likes of Zoom and, and having digital calls in order to not have to travel to go for meetings and things like that but we can't deny that that you know human beings we're, we're a curious bunch aren't we we are going to travel still so it's the way we travel that we need to get around now I'm certainly not in the business of flight shaming people or train bragging. I don't know if you've heard of these sort of two phrases that came out of uh, Sweden a few years ago. The Swedes adopted that because, you know, I don't, I don't want to be in the business of telling people how or why they should travel. But I think by gently giving the tips and nudges to people, we can explain that uh, they, you know, travelers can have positive contributions. They can stay longer in the destinations. They can spend the money locally. They could take a train to quite a few different destinations around Europe. I'm, I'm kind of talking from the UK market here because obviously for us, it's quite easy to take trains, domestic tourism. It's very easy to take a train as opposed to, to flying you know, from London up to Manchester or even Inverness or you know, Scotland or something. I'm a real advocate to boast about train travel and equally to get across to Europe. There's a phenomenal network and it's getting easier and easier. Um, I think I can see how a travel business could be take a role of lobbying the government to subsidize train travel more and, and encourage people to hop on the train as opposed to taking a short flight. And, and I know we're seeing you know, certain uh, countries like France, they've stopped uh, the domestic flights that are shorter than like 500 miles, I think, you know, so they've scrapped that. And I think this is the kind of change and influence we are going to see. I don't know much around the science of sustainable aviation fuels, because obviously some people, you are going to still get on, on a flight. Of course you are. Again, uh, if you are going to fly, it's, we would say it's best to go in economy because obviously more people can get on an aircraft. And also to try and fly directly because it's the takeoff and landing all the time that, that emits even more carbon. 
But we mustn't forget that travel and tourism is a vital contributor to GDP in a lot of countries, a lot of places like Saharan Africa or Asia, as well as Latin America. You know, these countries really do uh, thrive on having international travelers come to them. And um, before COVID, and this is a statistic that I've learned through the World Travel and Tourism Council, tourism supported 10% of all jobs. There was 319 million people that are employed through goods and services, you know, working with it within the industry. So, you know, if we were to stop traveling, well, it's just, it is catastrophic, really, what would happen. So it's, it's about being mindful and understanding, you know, why you travel and, and how you can travel in, in a way that is going to be as, as sensitive, I suppose, to the place that you're visiting. I have to say, you know, when you put it in terms that 10% of jobs are connected with the travel industry and you take that industry globally away, the economic income, jobs, livelihoods that are lost as a result, as you say, catastrophic and, and, and finding a way to create that sustainability and access without destroying the planet in the process is just a really tricky balancing act and, and super important to, to find that those opportunities. And thank you very much for sharing so many of those tips and hints with us as well. I have to say, I'd never heard of um, flight shaming and train bragging. I will remember that one uh, going forward. Karen, I wanted to change the tact a little bit of our conversation now, because we are as a conversation podcast, but also the community that is Business Fights Poverty, as much around supporting one another as practitioners, as people working to try and make business and others, you know, deliver and deepen the social and environmental impact. You know, that's what we're all about. So I wondered whether you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about the person behind the business. Can you tell us a bit about what it's taken for you to become a founder? What is it that you need to be in order to be a kind of business leader and particularly a leader of impact? I, I've learned so much over these last 20 odd years from having set up the tour operation around, it was actually kite surfing and kite buggying on the Western Algarve. I was really naive, actually, when I first was set up in business. I had no idea what I was doing. I, I'd never even heard of writing a business plan, <laughs> what that meant. You know, as I said, I didn't go to university, but I obviously had and continue to have some sort of laser sharp focus on wanting to get somewhere. And uh, it's, it's absolutely crucial that if you have a vision, you need to try and create some sort of framework as how to put that in place. So I've learned that you need to be tenacious and really persistent as well as resilient in business. It's crucial that you have a belief in yourself. You know, if you have a passion, as I said, you need to try and create that framework to be able to, to follow that passion and, um, and be consistent. There's been so many knockdowns along the way, so many. I would wouldn't be here today if I hadn't learned from those knockdowns and, and learned from the mistakes. It's crucial not to see uh, you know, failure as a threat, but to just, sort of, if you fall down, to dust yourself off and get back up again. The only way to do that, though, is, is really is to reach out and collaborate and, and show people where you're lacking, you know, 
because we all have our strengths and we all have our weaknesses and it's where where you're weak that's where you can um suddenly realize actually there's there's a there's a network of people that are around me that that I can learn from and they're there to support me so brilliant advice thank you so much for sharing that with us Karen and to round off our conversation today for other potential leaders who are setting out on their journey around the sustainable travel movement what would be your advice to them oh, well definitely to become as informed as possible the way you can do that is obviously to 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 join in different networks or groups uh to seek help from academics absolutely i would encourage anyone to to have a look at our website maketravelmatter.com and download the the guide to traveling sustainably because whilst it initially started off as a an awareness campaign for travelers for the consumer and you know those that wanted to to travel for leisure as i said these last 20 months i've realized that actually it's a really useful tool for other travel businesses around the world as to how they can embrace travel as a force for good within their own businesses some different places to look at would be the future of tourism coalition that's a good starting place then there's another organization in the uk called the travel foundation that will be also another good starting place but uh, yeah don't forget to have a look at our own website travelmatters.co.uk <laughs> brilliant so on those wise words to everybody listening i will put those links into the words that sit alongside the podcast today but karen Thank you so much for sharing your insights, your wisdom and also advice on how to make sure that we travel with purpose. Thank you Karen. Thanks very much. And if you like what you've heard today, please do rate and subscribe to us. I would also love to hear your feedback, so please do drop me a line at any time. I'm Katie at businessfightspoverty.org. Many thanks. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. 